Hello and welcome to 25 Cents, a video game podcast. I am Chris. And I'm Nick. Each episode will be making the rounds through our four corners, console, PC, Apple, and tabletop, with a focus on games that are great to play if you've got kids. And you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts or on the web at goodstuff.network. That wasn't bad. It was pretty well-timed, I'd yeah. say. Hey, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> Off hey, to Chris. a good start. How has your last couple weeks been? Three pretty weeks, good. Uh, I think, uh, you know, kind of gear- gearing up for, for a little bit of a break here right before back to school. So now I am officially on vacation for a little over a week. <laughs> nice. Um, although I, I, I need to, like, probably sign out of Slack on my phone or something <laughs> just to make sure no one... No one tries to reach me through all my away messages and settings and whatnot. Yeah, that's always a good plan. Yeah, it's it's coming fast here. The back to school thing. We're we're our oldest is hitting high school, and so I think he's on Wednesday or Thursday, and the other two are on. Like now, we're at the two different school stages of life, which oh, is going to be sure. messy. Like it's messy in the best of times, but obviously COVID being what it is, and so now we just got word yesterday that the school elementary schools are requiring masks. The high schools, it's just strongly encouraged. And so that's, which kind of makes sense, I guess, if you're following the logic that everyone's vaccinated, then it, uh, high schoolers can get vaccinated, elementary can't. So anyways, we're going to, we'll see how this all goes with the grand experiment of children's lives and things. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of <laughs> vibrating through the walls with anxiety in this household, but yeah, yeah, we're, <laughs> uh, I think with, uh, with him being our, our only and, uh, you know, school being really important to him. Um, we're, we're going to, we're going to risk it, but we're relying on, I think it's something like 83% vaccination rate in our, among adults in our immediate area. So that's good. Yeah. And they're, they are requiring masks and, um, but it is, you know, back to full capacity and they will be eating lunch spread out, but still all in one big cafeteria. So we'll, we'll, (laughs) we'll see We're we're taking the risk and, um, I, I wish we weren't here, but here we are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that is, I take, like, you take some solace in the fact that last year, at least for us anyways, going to school, it was actually rel- relatively good. There was a couple of near cases and classes that isolated and then everyone came back. So all things considered, considering, especially how in advance of it, the sort of fear and worry was, it worked mm-hmm. out, at least for our area here. But now it's like, Okay, we can do that again. But also, by the way, Delta is really, really bad. <laughs> so, yeah, yep. <laughs> just like, yep. how does yep. that yep. affect it all? So, of course, we can't just have a simple repeat of COVID. It has to be like even more uncertainty in different ways. So, but, anyways, I think last year around this time, we were kind of like, uh, oh no, maybe it was a little earlier, I guess. We were like, should we be doing a podcast even right now? But of course, we will carry on having video games and tabletop games as a fun distraction from all of the things. <laughs> so. Yes. I think we had a little bit of a schedule hiatus around, around this time last year, but, uh, we're, we're, we're back on a routine and, uh, we actually have, um, a little bit of, uh, you know, some, some video game crosstalk with a, a newer sibling podcast, uh, on the good stuff network mm-hmm. click and flick started up recently. Yeah. They've got now, uh, what five episodes. I think they're no seven seven up up to actually i guess i need to update the website (laughs) speaking of behind on things but uh they're up to seven episodes now where they i like their premise they take one video game and one movie and then talk about it basically for 
as long as they need to talk about each each segment. So, um, yeah, how, have you been listening and enjoying? You're not just yeah, so people I, are know. I, I like, really as part of a, the show. Sorry, I just say as part of a podcast network, you're not legally obligated to listen to every other show on the podcast network, but <laughs> it's just strongly encouraged. But yeah, it's kind of like a vaccine mandate. We we just yeah, yes. strongly encourage well, it. But <laughs> it, it, no, no offense to Kyle and Kenny, but the the morning show uh, full uncut feed is often frequent and uh, uh, long enough that I can't listen to every episode in in my week. And and actually, my podcast listening time is down in part because of. The number of meetings I have these days, I don't. I'm not doing as much uh, solo development time where I can yeah. where I can listen and uh, in the background. But uh, yeah, I, uh, click and pick. Um, I think I've listened to every episode. Um, uh, it's been interesting because for me, you know, some of the games they've covered are ones I've never played. I think they did uh, Don't Starve Together in episode three, and that's one of those games that has been in my Steam library for probably I don't know almost a decade, several years at any rate that I've literally never opened. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of fun to hear their their take on that. But uh, more recently, they covered uh, uh, Mass Effect, which is I know one you know we've talked about when the Legendary Edition came out, and I'm definitely interested in maybe someday playing the whole thing because uh, it's kind of that epic sci-fi. Um, and then uh, their most recent episode, episode seven, they were talking Cozy Grove, which is an Apple Arcade game that I think we've mentioned on the show. Um, uh, my son has played it a little bit. Um, the the last I checked in with him, you know, he said, "Oh, I can't wait to upgrade my tent, but it costs five thousand coin." <laughs> um, now, it being an arcade game, this isn't like in app purchase yeah. nonsense coin, but it it is coin you have to accumulate by doing the little quests in the game. So it 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 takes a while. You know, you're gated on advancement, and yeah, I think uh, he would rather just kind of build his encampment as he see fit as he sees fit uh, rather than you know, actually going through all the, the parts of the game, yeah. but that's, you know, almost eight year old impatience for you, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A little understanding, I guess. And so, so yeah, check out click and flick goodstuff.network slash click and flick or wherever you get your podcast, you can search and find it, I'm sure. And, uh, yeah, listen along and, uh, go subscribe to their show for sure. Um, and the good stuff morning show, of course, as well. It's, it's a, uh, a show that's really popular with my kids right now. That's actually what's been occupying a lot of their time, which not to make it sound like it's a kid's show. I don't know that I know Kyle and Kenny didn't start it as a kid's show. That's for sure. Just because of my association, I think with the show and the network. And then my, we listened to a couple episodes with my oldest one time and he kind of jumped on it. So then the other two kind of fall suit just because he's listening to it anyways. And so our household is full of uh, morning show audio clips uh, that we repeat to each other and of that they use on the show. And uh, yeah, I think it's, <laughs> A vastly under yeah, under listened to show. I, I enjoy it every time I, I do tune in, and, and actually, uh, in in recent months, I think during their live recordings, you'll find uh, me and and Harold in the Discord uh, <laughs> listening along along live and 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 chatting because um, of just our our schedules align with when they're recording. Yeah, you know, which is fun. Yeah, patreoncom slash good stuff you can join in the fun if you so desire they record they stream it on uh tuesday thursday evenings i think right now or is it i think that's when they record live or uh, wednesday i think so i can't remember if they re- which day they record anyways it's the good stuff morning show recorded in the evening <laughs> in the released so we'll... <laughs> we, we we run a very confusing shop over here <laughs> yeah, at the good exactly. stuff network uh all right so on to uh on to console corner um yeah so have you, I, I know you're kind of still in the in the moratorium and we can maybe uh 
cover that a little bit later. But have you have you yourself been playing any console games? I actually haven't. So between a, a camping trip, a cabin trip, um, I think, and then the screen time sort of moratorium, like you said, I haven't actually touched a video game even in the last couple of weeks. I don't think. I'm trying to remember if I maybe fired up one on Apple Arcade on my phone just to pass some time, but I don't even know that I did that somehow. It's not that I'm like, I'm abstaining from screen time. Don't, don't look at my screen time <laughs> measurements. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I'm actually, I'm going to be listening to a lot of your experiences this episode, I think, as opposed to adding in, but uh, how about you? What's, what's been occupying your console time yeah uh so on the on the console not not a huge amount um right after you know, the olympics ended i think we were kind of coming down off that and uh, my son wanted to break out our tokyo mario and sonic at the tokyo 2020 olympic games uh for switch so you know this is yeah it's it's mini games um you can play them just with the the buttons on the controller but you, generally speaking they're more fun with the motion controls of the joy con um and, and yeah, we we played uh, several different rounds. I think that was last weekend of of different stuff. Um, he likes uh, table tennis, uh, the archery game. Um, there's a couple of modes that aren't based on any actual Olympic event, so they're they're prefixed with dream. So there's dream karate, which is just like kind of a brawl style game, and dream skateboarding, which is more like a like a kart racing style game, except on skateboards with jumps. Um, it's 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 pretty fun. I mean, it's definitely like a commercial tie-in type game, right? Um, but the uh, I think that the downside, as with many motion control games, is some of the events require really specific sequences and timing of like large arm motions. So they're just kind of not fun. I think I think the javelin throw is like that, and the the gymnastics floor exercise is like that. So yeah, you, know, you have to like okay, you hold the button and then you start running with your hand. And then you turn the angle and then you fling, right? Like, so that's for javelin throw. And, and if right. you don't time all that perfectly, you foul or drop it or it doesn't go very far, right? So I think, I, and, and you only get one or two tries like at the real uh, Olympics. So you don't really get a chance to refine it without going through the menus a, a bunch. Um, so yeah, overall, it's, it's a pretty fun game. It's, it's, you know, some of the events are really accessible and you can kind of jump around between the mini games and it's kind of silly to be like, oh, you know, Sonic versus Bowser in table tennis is just like that. It's if, if you know, if you know the Sonic and, and Mario characters, um, that can be fun too. Um, there's also a Tokyo 1964 mode. So Tokyo previously hosted the Summer Olympic Games in 1964, where they go back to some retro like NES and Genesis era graphics for a couple of mini games. Nice. Um, uh, yeah, so so that, so that was fun. Like there's one where you do the gymnastics vault. And so, you know, you hit A when you hit the vault and then you have to quickly do like up, down, left, right a to to land it properly. Right. Depending yeah. on the difficulty. Um, so so there's there's some fun games like that in there. Um, it is definitely a game I'm sure you could find for cheap, uh, given that the Olympics didn't happen in 2020 and it's not like a, a uh, top tier Mario game. Yeah, that, that brings back lots of memories of the uh, Nintendo track and field, I think it was, and then track and field 2. Oh, yeah. Like just button mashing and wrecking, destroying your controller and stuff that happened back then. But even then, like just, yeah, like trying to get the optimal combination of, of controller movements to button 
at the right time of your character landing and all kind of very squishy in that <laughs> 80s video game accuracy level <laughs> that we played with. And uh, but yeah, it's and that's also funny just seeing Mario and Sonic together, just thinking about it when you were saying that, like just the branding of those two uh, intellectual properties or whatever coming together without any fanfare really and now these days that's back then again would have been well not in the 80s i guess that's before sonic but <laughs> um but yeah having those two things together in one game was yeah. like a dream for video game nerds back then I, I forget if i ever talked about it on the show but a few years ago i read the book console wars which is specifically about uh you know sega versus nintendo you know sonic versus mario in the snes genesis era it, it's a pretty interesting read uh, lots of interviews with the executives at the time you know how they were like trying to position sonic as the cool edgy like 90s alternative to that boring old mario right like yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's a fun read pretty pretty interesting trivia on on that era of video games i, I would definitely recommend it cool um speaking of uh games from the 90s so uh astoundingly it is the 25th anniversary of pokemon um and so they did a Pokemon Presents uh, this past week, announcing uh, several things. So first, it's also the fifth anniversary of Pokemon Go, the uh, AR game that's pretty popular. That's, you know, it's another Niantic one where you you go to specific locations and battle Pokemon and, ca- and trade them with other people and so forth. Um, they announced a 3D remaster of the Diamond and Pearl games, which I think were originally for DS, Game Boy DS, I want to say. I might have the error wrong. I, I never played them. Um, but, you know, to, you're kind of revisiting a, a classic Pokemon story. Um, there's a Pokemon Cafe remix, like kind of puzzle collecting game that's going to be coming out on a lot of platforms, including mobile. Um, we might we might try one. There, there. I noticed in the App Store on iOS, there's an existing game called Pokemon Cafe. But yeah, it's all, you know, in-app purchase style. Right. Um, and then finally, the, the big one uh, is uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus, which is an open world, world prequel, prequel to Diamond and Pearl. So it's set in the same uh, region of the, the Pokemon world. Um, and this one uh, has certainly taken some cues from Breath of the Wild uh, in terms of the, the look and style of when you're like running around and seeing like, pokemon from the distance um so it it uh the most of these i think are coming out early next year um for switch and yeah i mean it it seems like uh this i i don't know when my son will be ready for a sort of full-length game like this like a pokemon length game um in terms of attention span and and commitment and so forth but definitely something we'll, we would look at next year yeah yeah i still managed to um not abstain oh that's the wrong word but <laughs> and i'm not like actively avoiding it either but just uh never having ventured down the pokemon path and so seeing the um this one the legends uh legends of arceus did you say is that right or legends arceus i Anyways. think so yeah um we obviously we should probably just move on because both of us have not a lot of experience with pokemon to set to do any, any justice but seeing it the even just the gameplay and like likening it that's maybe a good cue of like breath of the wild i can i can wrap my head around that and so this visually even just kind of brings me into that world a little bit without uh being so different or so weird or whatever that i i don't 
because I mean, there's the sheer number of Pokemon games that are there, and like you rattled off three or four of them that I wouldn't have any clue about and uh, where right. to even begin with. So it just kind of was like, well, that's overwhelming. It's like looking at <laughs> the Lord of the Rings trilogy or whatever, and you're thinking, not right. bothering. Well, and I think the Pokemon TV show has like several hundred episodes, right? And then yeah. of course the card game has all <laughs> of the expansions. So I, I, I've I've touched the surface of it, and it's definitely something that um, has some popularity, like at my son's school and and in the neighborhood at least based on the kids coming into our local game shop to purchase the the cards um so yeah I, it seems like uh something that will probably be on our game plate for a while at least until you know i don't know he graduates into Fortnite or whatever whatever comes after uh, uh Fortnite. <laughs> yeah <laughs> um more death but yeah the the last little thing in in console corner is um Panic sent iFixit, uh, famed for their uh, Apple hardware teardowns and and lots of other hardware teardowns in their repairability guide and tools and so forth. They sent them a playdate, and so they did a a pretty fun little uh, teardown of the the playdate uh, handheld game system console. Um, and I think the the takeaway uh, quote from the piece that that I really liked was, "If you were obsessing over specs, you've already missed the point." Um, after they rattled off, you know, the, the resolution of the screen and, and the, the amount of memory it has, it's, it's a very, um, lightweight system, uh, in terms of power and processing and what it can do. And it's, it's obviously not intended to be a powerful mobile console. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Even just the, the fun of like, they sent it to them, they refused to let them pay for it or whatever they mm-hmm. didn't they sent them a unit without games um which makes sense because they're just tearing apart the hardware um and and yeah getting to see the the guts and and being willing to in the very anti-apple kind of fashion of like sure take this apart and show everybody what's inside and let them see what we did and how we built it and which is is very panic and yeah very opposite of what apple would be doing right now mm-hmm. with some new device that's on the um just being released so um but yeah, it's neat to see even just some of the parts that like they obviously knowing a bit about and following a bit of the Panic software or Panic hardware, I guess, or Panic company. I don't know what their official title is, but, um, you know, their journey and um, knowing that they do care about things in a very Apple-like manner, but then mm-hmm. obviously have the open, fun spirit of a company that's not burdened by being Apple and seeing some of the choices they made in hardware and um, and how they would have had to source that and put it all together and figure that out and work try different models and things like that and different versions of it. And um, yeah, it's fascinating to actually see it all kind of ripped apart like that, that small little thing <laughs> that they built. So, and it actually looks like it's fairly repairability. Like, well, I say six out of 10, I'm guessing like probably just obscure parts. Like I'm a lot of check marks, but well, basically it's just like one single yeah. board. So. so yeah, I think that's basically what they're noting is it looks like the battery's pretty replaceable. Um, the, if something went wrong with one of the chips, you'd basically have to replace the whole board. There's not really any separation of parts there. And then the screen is strongly affixed to the front plate. So probably if you broke your screen, you would have to get a whole screen front plate combo part replacement. Um, yeah. So I think that's why it's, it's a little dinged on the, on the repairability, but it, it looks like if something went wrong with the rechargeable battery, it would be pretty easy to swap that out. Yeah. Unlike uh, certain other mobile devices. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and for being the price that it's at, it's 
I think somewhat forgivable too, where it's not like it's a, a $1,200 phone that you carry on your pocket and pull out every daily. It's a 200 and some dollar little console that you're carrying maybe, you know, at home or whatever. So anyways, on to uh, PC corner. We forgot to use sound effects. So let's uh, put the truck in gear. We didn't get any feedback off last episode over sound effects, so I'm assuming everybody loved them. So we'll just continue with that as as I remember to do I, them. I'm sure their their silence definitely uh, definitely indicates <laughs> that. <laughs> Not that we only have a handful yeah. of listeners. <clears throat> exactly. Um, Don't tell our sponsors. Yeah. So so I think we mentioned Fortnite earlier as you know the one of those super popular games for your for your kids, especially with like how it comes up at school. And uh, there was some criticism uh, floating around Epic Games on the the internet this past week because their new game mode uh, bears a striking resemblance to a very popular game from last year, Among Us. Yeah, and actually, like my this is one of the, the things that Fortnite did that my kids heard about through podcasts or or an Instagram account maybe or whatever they wherever they saw it that kind of wanted to draw would have drawn our kids back into the game if they were playing it right now and uh but we we held the line even though i'm kind of tempted to try it obviously with them but <laughs> <laughs> setting uh, setting an excellent uh parenting example yeah, exactly but did they i actually didn't read this did they actually sue them or they just have sort of threatened veiled threats to I, sue over it i guess it's not I, really I, I don't even so. know i don't think you can even really sue over game mechanics similarity yeah. right like there's you know there, there's so many so many clones out there. I mean, I guess what you could call it an Among Us like or something. Yeah, and and I'm not even 100 percent sure Among Us was uh, like super original. Obviously, it was a version of it that took off. Um, you know, yeah. and and an implementation of of werewolf slash mafia type rules from from the parlor game world. Um, but yeah, it was more like different developers were kind of just dunking on them on Twitter for. I think it's more of an honor thing than an yeah. actual actionable thing well considering fortnite itself is a ripoff of player known's battlegrounds which they actually right. did sue epic games over and then dropped the lawsuit just because i think like you said it's a hard thing to like mechanics of a game it's not really something that you're patenting 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 is the word anyway um yeah. and so like they don't have a huge case for it. it's just too bad even like an indie company like uh among us or the i forget what their name it's like where am I? I just saw it here. Sloth something. Inner Sloth. Um, it's too bad, like, Fortnite or Epic Games or whoever, just like they do tie-ins with, like, LeBron James in the game and whatever Star yeah. Wars thing is going on is in the game. They could have probably reached out and just done, like, a tie-in and actually made it kind of a, a fun thing for the community to do, be a part of. Right, um, like, literally among us in Fortnite. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, just the Fortnite style of it, which is what exactly what they do with all their other crossovers. Um with like street fighter and there's tons of games they've done crossovers with. So, um, but for whatever reason they decided not to, and yeah, here we are. So, well, it, it's, it's interesting too, to tie in with our, our Apple conversations around Epic and Apple and, uh, the, the app store rules and the 30% cut and all that. Right. Because Epic is very much trying to play the role there of, you know, the, the little, the, the, the medium-sized developer standing up for the little guy developer to the big bad corporation and then they they turn around yeah. and kind of just like <laughs> quietly stomp on an indie developer uh you know maybe not in a way that's like i said actually uh not allowed but definitely feels a little um yeah you know 
rude. Yeah. Jumping on a trend that, that they didn't create, right? Yeah, exactly. And they're the they're the Goliath in this situation or whatever. And exactly. <laughs> stomping on the little guy. Um, I saw Quake Remaster, you'd put in the links, and I, I remember hearing about this, that it's now on Game Pass too, which is basically like a, a remaster of the original Quake. And uh, I haven't tried this yet. If, I'm assuming it's on Xbox Game Pass. That's what, it's always confusing to me with the Microsoft stuff, whether Game Pass means it's on Xbox and Windows PC, or if it's just on Game Pass mm. if you're on Windows. And so, um, but I'm guessing this one is actually just Windows, not actual Xbox Game Pass. Um, but at any rate, um, it's one interesting note is they, if you're on the original Quake on Steam from way back, you'll get the update for free or this new version remaster is $10, which I'm kind of honestly tempted just because I spent so much time playing the original Quake, but I also don't really love gory first person shooters the way I used to either. So right. um, I think that's where, and and like I, this was the game, one of the games, this, I mean, Doom before it, but Quake was definitely one of the games I played a ton of and kind of locked me into that first person view. And then Fortnite, actually, I just finally have gotten around the idea of it's uh, the third person perspective, right? Do I have the terms or did I get it backwards? I think it's got it right. Um, where you actually see your character running around right. while you're shooting. And it, at first, when I started playing Fortnite, it was just awful. I couldn't get my head around that. It didn't make sense to me, et cetera. Um, but now that kind of feels more normal and looking at Quake and the, the, those style of games actually feels a little weird, but I'm sure it would come back just like riding a bicycle. How about, did you play Quake and stuff back in the day? Um, so I think just in terms of the era of computers I had access to, and, and I think, so we were on a Mac by that point. And oh. a, as you know, uh, gaming on a Mac <laughs> in the 90s was a a rough uh, uh, prospect uh, for anything big name uh, outside of the the very cool shareware world that was yeah. that was big on Mac at the time. Not like now, um, where there's yeah, just so, tons of games on the Mac. <laughs> well, <laughs> oh, yeah. <I> know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, we're just waiting for all of those iOS uh, yeah. you know, catalyst <laughs> Swift UI ports, right? Um, but yeah, so I think I definitely played Quake at friends a little bit but then our second mac that we got in like 99 ish era um i played a lot of quake 3 arena on as mm-hmm. well as unreal tournament yeah so uh, speaking of epic games um so th- that was i think that was more the generation of, of first person shooter i played um obviously fit in you know the bungie uh marathon series in there a little bit or at least the the shareware version where you could play the first few levels um and I think I got a copy of Wolfenstein at some point. So those are a little bit earlier era than Quake. But yeah, I played Quake at, at a friend's. And um, yeah, it's funny because I think Quake is maybe one of the first sort of weird cross-media tie-in cases, right? Because they had the Nine Inch Nails, uh, right? Like they yeah, had like Trent Reznor. Yeah. Uh, the logo was in the game as the ammo for the one weapon right so it's like a it's like a, a you, you were mentioning uh for Fortnite, like lebron uh showing up in the game as a, as a character right but like here is a you know an, a, an edgy rocker showing up in in your like cool metal first person shooter super gory for yeah. the 90s uh, game <laughs> yeah yeah it's a it, it's interesting and, and that's where it, like they actually so they did relicense it or whatever they had to do i guess to get that soundtrack back for this remaster so that's pretty cool i think it would sound oh. and feel right anyways so um but yeah i don't know we'll see i don't even know if i can play i guess i could boot camp into windows if i really wanted to try it out and see i don't think i have it i don't think i ever bought it through steam it was well beyond that by that point but um yeah let's bring back lots yeah. of memories 
Yeah. Now, now is some of the stuff with like the PC version of Game Pass, is that stuff you can do through the xCloud streaming service where, where it's not actually running locally, but you're streaming the game? Yeah, some of that is. And I don't, I don't, haven't tried it again since they officially launched. I was playing around with it in, when it was in beta. Um, and, and really it's just like the optimal experience for those games. It still feels like on the 50 inch TV as opposed to on a, my iPhone screen. Um, and so I'm never, uh, <laughs> this actually happens to us every summer where we're, our, our bandwidth or our data usage on our cellular devices, because we have a shared plan with my wife and I, the summer when we go camping or, or whatever away from home is when we actually run up against the limits of our, I think we have a 12 gig mm. share plan or whatever. And so, so then we're like, we have to sort of negotiate which album we're going to actually download if we forgot to download some music or whatever. And so then, yeah, definitely not playing too much uh, game pass from the campsites, <laughs> even if the, the cellular connectivity is, is up to the snuff, the, the bandwidth or the data usage is, is not. So, um, but yeah, I haven't uh, off the tray that try that out here in, in the fall. I keep, I, go, I keep going back and forth on out, outfitting my office with like, looking if i ever came across an xbox series x that's a new one right i always mix them up anyways um and picking one up for my office here so that we can actually play i can play games with my kids you know at home here if we're gonna be oh home yeah like multiplayer uh, easier multiplayer. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah um but but i know then the good stuff folks there's lots of people in the in the good stuff world that feel like they're on playstation so i sometimes think well it'd be easier to like multiplayer on a playstation but Anyways, either way, you can't get. I can't find either of them up here, up here anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Um, but yeah, then I, I then going back and forth to the like outfitting like a, a streaming or a gaming PC to play some of this stuff would actually be nice as well. And the Xbox obviously still isn't quite uh, have feature parity for for playing a lot of the games, although it's probably getting very close these days. So, um, anyways, all that to say, screen time. Let's segue quickly. Screen time, summertime follow up. Yeah, the, how's the experiment going? It's or not even really experiment the plan. Yeah. No, it's it's amazing how like one of those things that like the kids you know lose their minds over when you announce that hey we're going to take a break from screening screen time this summer. I was going to say screaming. <laughs> we did take a break from screaming maybe. <laughs> Should also take a break from that. Yeah. <laughs> uh but then like they quickly fall out of the as as addictive as, especially it's kind of like from my oldest on down um in order of addictiveness to to video games and stuff and they kind of quickly fall away from it and forget and pick up other things like it really is kind of like just like any sort of addiction almost where like if you play Fortnite every day you kind of want more and more and more and Uh and then once you kind of it leaves your system your blood system or whatever uh you kind of forget about it and you're able to like pick up a a board game or whatever that you would otherwise be sort of obsessing over how can I get back onto the onto the xbox and so um the only hiccup has happened where like just recently now we came back from being away and some cousins message about wanting to play Fortnite together or uh, there's another one uh it's like a battle royale kind of fighting one i think i tried it once with them but anyways it's like kind of wrestling fighting game and uh multiplayer game and wanting to do that and so then we're kind of torn between do we hold our line or do we let them have social time with cousins but then it opens the door to then kind of like getting that drug back in their system <laughs> for, for another right. another round of de- detox that we have to kind of do and so in this case it worked out that we just said no and we were doing other things anyways but that's really it's actually been really good for the most parts and kind of like every so often you have to shoo them off the my oldest has a, a kindle device with um he bought marvel unlimited the comic book mm-hmm. so that's kind of the gray area of like books on a 
digital device, I think are still okay, but often it's a gateway <laughs> into what other things you might be doing on the device. And so, um, not that we're against, like, obviously anybody listening to this knows that we're not like, or I'm not, we're not, um, anti-screen, anti-video game <laughs> by any means. We have way too many devices to pretend to be that, but just in terms of like a bit of a Sabbath or a break from, from the stuff to clear the heads. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. And on on uh, on our end, uh, you know, we don't have anything so formal, but we are kind of slowly adjusting to the reality of what the school year will look like, which includes, you know, you're not going to have screen time in the morning because we just have to eat and get ready and go, yeah. right? And <laughs> and so there won't be this kind of like chill. And yeah, you know, so we, I think it's a mix of, as I've alluded to over many episodes, you know, playing different uh, games on the on the family iPad. Um, many arcade games uh, and kind of doing a kind of art and music. He just kind of noodles around in like garage band or um, paper by 53 or, or mm. you know, similar sort of apps. Um, and, and those, you know, that always feels very creative. Like sure. He could pick up some colored pencils and paper as well, but yeah, it, it, it's clearly a creative outlet. And the fact that it's a screen is not really a concern. And then, yeah, uh, reading. Um, so we don't really have any, ebooks ourselves but you know the library app lets you reserve um and and then check out and download uh ebooks uh uh, pretty pretty easily and so that's actually been one where especially when the library was physically closed or at least our immediate local branch was uh, due to covid restrictions that was a great uh gap filler there in terms of having a variety of books uh, rotating through the only challenge we had is that the um unlike when we would go to the library, whether the school library or, or the, the city library, uh, there wasn't a, wasn't always a chance for one of us to filter on content. And it's not like he was picking anything age inappropriate, but like, you know, he's a, he's a sensitive kid and, and he's, he's grabbed a few things where he was reading it. And then he kind of tells us like, Oh, I don't, I don't like this. And and we're like, well, you can just return it. You don't have to like finish reading it just because you started it right and and so that's been an interesting area of, of lessons on on sort of well what do you do when you encounter something that you realize just isn't for you or is maybe a little scary or, or whatever the case may be mm-hmm. yeah that's where the having the multiple kid like so one kid downloads a book that's for them but someone else picks it up and all of a sudden our youngest was like what's <laughs> how she worded it but like what does it mean when you're kissing with tongues <laughs> <laughs> like, wait what and like obviously if you've ever been 14 you've probably read things that are like that and you're not like shocked at, at the idea but an eight-year-old is also it's not like that's first it's, on it's the at things least you, novel yeah. yeah it's not like the first thing you're like hoping they're going to pick up and ask questions about it. i mean we we talked about it. it's not like we were like shaming her for asking the question but still it's just kind of like oh right we, you just kind of forget some of the as often happens with oldest to a youngest or whatever, however many kids are in between, but the youngest is just like, she's watched all the Marvel movies and stuff and had way more food experiences, stayed up later, et cetera. Yeah. All those things that are, that our oldest ever did at this age. And yeah. So just trying to navigate some of that stuff and is always fun. So. It was certainly, I mean, obviously we, we have just, just the one, but that was certainly the case with my sister and I as kids, right? Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm two and a half years older, but like, basically I would get access to, you know, like the next movie rating and, and then very shortly after she would as well. Cause it was just easier to yeah. all be at the same, uh, the same kind of point. And at the same time, to be perfectly honest, I mean, she, uh, was 
better able to handle that kind of thing than I was. Like I was definitely the one who was much more sensitive to uh, media um, in, in whether it was books or or, or not. Yeah. Um, Anyways, that's the that's kid corner of sorts. We not an official corner that runs through all the corners. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, family it's, it's, corner. Yeah, we we threw it there in between what PC and, and Apple corner. I mean, maybe it's the center of the room. Is is yeah. the kids? Is, <laughs> exactly. We're, we're we are two two dads with a podcast. So exactly it comes back to that. So moving on to Apple corner. Take a, take a ship. <laughs> little Seattle, isn't that like you know the harbor? Yeah, Sounds, we we get the right yeah, the ferries will. The fairies will have to run the the foghorn whenever the marine layer drops in, uh, so we can we can hear that at our house, um, <laughs> as well as when the uh, the cruise ships to Alaska leave the cruise terminal, we can usually hear those. Oh uh, yeah, and yeah. and they'll sometimes do a little music as well. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, listener Andrew, a friend of mine from college, uh, noticed that uh, so Jetpack Joyride, which we talked about a couple episodes ago, so Jetpack Joyride was an iOS game for a long time and had a tvOS version, right? Like they ported it to tvOS. Jetpack Joyride Plus, the Apple Arcade game, does not run on Apple TV. <laughs> and like what, first of all, the whole point of Apple Arcade, I thought, was to be on all four platforms, right? Yeah. Like, and then, and then that like a game that used to run and then gets updated to integrate with arcade, then can't run on one of your platforms, the platform that is in theory, like where you want to play a lot of games on a TV. I just, yeah. it's astounding. I don't know how that happens. I don't know if it's on the developer or, or Apple or Apple's libraries or what, but it feels almost like one of those things. Well, even like as a parent, right. You have like the rules when you first set up, you're like, everyone has to do this and then this and then this, and then you get to play the video game or whatever. And then by, you know, two weeks down the road, you've kind of forgotten about one of the rules. Cause you forgot and the kids have managed to sneak in and not do it or whatever anymore. And eventually like you go a month later and all of a sudden you realize, Oh shoot, we forgot about the requirement that they have to clean out the dishwasher before they, you know, get to screen time. And it kind of feels a little bit like that where like initially <laughs> Apple was like hard line, you have to have it on all three platforms. And now, like, whatever, it's a year and a half later or whatever. And they're like, oh, that's a lot of work. And uh, we're just busy over here with, you know, iOS or yeah. whatever. Um, so just, sure, just ship it. We'll we'll get to that eventually or whatever. And it's just not, they want I, the marketing I, folks want to be able to push the game yeah. and, yeah, et cetera. So. I, I think just ship it is probably a big factor, right? Which is like, hey, we need to keep this, this uh, kind of release treadmill going, right? Where there's like always new games every couple of weeks on on the arcade platform. And if if a developer is coming back to you and being like, look, there's some weird issue on tvOS, we're not going to be able to build it without another three months uh, or 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 the controls. Right. Like the the our, our, our play testers say it's terrible. Like I can I can imagine Apple being like, yeah, OK, you know, don't put away your laundry today. We'll we'll fix it later. Right. Or, yeah. or maybe never. <laughs> exactly. Right. Because they they also kind of know where where the long term plans are for for games on tvOS. I wonder if I'm just looking at good Sudoku plus, which is the next one we're talking about. Um, it also isn't available on Apple TV, which that one makes sense. It's, it's a little more awkward to play on an Apple TV than on the phone. And the controls for that would be yeah. a, a lot more involved, but is it just, is, are there actually Apple TV are some of the plus games, the reissues not, are any of them available, I guess, on Apple arcade? I, have to, I don't have them in front of me to go through them all, but yeah. So I, I, I would have to check. I, I'll, I'll take that as a, as a homework assignment to see which <laughs> of the, uh, the classics and plus games, most of which were iPad or iPhone releases only in the past, 
not Jetpack Joyride, but but for sure yeah. these other ones. Um, and and which ones are actually available through arcade on the TV is an interesting question. Like you said, the ones that were designed for touch centric interface, like I imagine you could try to bolt on, you know, some sort of controller interface where you're like scrolling through the Sudoku board and then like angle down on the one stick makes it a nine or something, but uh, it wouldn't be a good play experience. No, no. Actually, that reminds me now, just because you had asked and I said I didn't play anything, but I did actually download WordWeb. I think I must have marked it as a oh, game yeah. to try out. And so then it came, I got a notification, I think maybe while we were camping, that's probably where some of our bandwidth went. Sorry, Sue. Um, <laughs> this, this, <laughs> it's like a crossword Scrabble kind of game. Scrabble, I guess, is probably a better way of describing it type of game with a bit of a crossword yeah, vibe. More, more like Scrabble. Yeah. And uh, and it's it's fun. I didn't ever play it long enough to sort of really dig into it too far um, but it's a good like brain tease, pass a bit of time, uh, if you need to, um, kind of game and, and with a, like I said, like a fun kind of spin on, on Scrabble that's solo, obviously playable. And so, um, one of my friends is playing it according to, oh, that's you, <laughs> according to yes. looking on the app store. Yeah, I, I actually forgot to put this in the notes, but I, I did try it briefly. Yeah. Um, I didn't, I wouldn't say it grabbed me, but like it, I definitely was kind of like drawn more to going back to good Sudoku plus let's say, or, um, something else, but it, it was fun. It was a fun little, I guess it, it's one of those games where I felt like I wanted to be able to pass it to Sue, my wife to play the same hand, let's say, or something maybe. And I, I don't know, we just didn't, or I don't know if that's even really doable with that game, but. Yeah. So I haven't gotten into it too much. It does seem like a game that could benefit from some sort of more turn-based multiplayer mode or even a collaborative mode. Um, I think if you both did the daily challenge, it would be the same. Right. Um, that's true. But yeah, it, it has a couple of different game modes with different goals and, and what you do with the you know, the set of words or what the limitations are. Um, I think as a longtime Scrabble player, my biggest frustration was that you could not craft... Um, you, you, couldn't, you couldn't do multiple crossings, right? Like you could only ever add your current word to an existing word and you couldn't set up um, like short adjacencies where, where words like run up against each other and you get your like two or three letter words going, which is, which right. is like key to winning Scrabble and, and scoring lots of points is, is those multiple crossings. Um, so that's just not supported in their in the way they've, they've designed the game. Um, Although so it looks a like bit of a frustration. They must have, cause I'm just seeing, or I guess, no, that would be maybe added after the fact it looks like there's some that, and just in their little video that's playing as we're talking, like Jellyfish has a bunch of, but I'm guessing that's, yeah, different letters or different words added singularly, not at one point there where they added that word going all the way across. So, yeah. Right. Anyways. Well, or even, you know, let's say you you have a word in place that starts with F and you have another word that ends in O, you can't butt them against each other like you to make of like you yeah. have to play crossing one of your one of your played words uh, which it makes sense as a restriction it's just different enough from scrabble that it was throwing me a little bit yeah um yeah. i know I, I think i'll give it a few more chances i would say the the daily challenge which is sort of a play as many words as you can before you run out of legal plays um actually takes a little long for a daily challenge. Like if you, if you were really serious about it, you can get up into, you know, um, several dozen words probably before the board fills up and, um, maybe not several dozen, uh, but it, you know, you'd be playing for 20 minutes maybe to, to get that far. And that always feels like a little bit too long for a mobile game, uh, 
that you would want to play. You you'd get the you get the morning notification to say, hey, play the next level. Um, and and those feel like something that needs to be more sub five minute territory. I w- I would say. Yeah, 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 and it's um. They also introduced a bunch of gaming different modes, I guess, too, which like for me, it it's kind of like I just want to keep it. I almost want it to keep keep it simple so that there's just the game mode I go into play. And I guess that's where the daily I do appreciate the daily uh, challenges that games are adding. A lot of the, the Apple Arcade games are adding like good Sudoku mm-hmm. has that. And a lot of these kind of puzzle games have that kind of just as a way of like it incentivizes me to go play it and even um Oh, what's the one? I, Mini Metro has that as well. Yes. It's kind of like your challenge that everyone else is doing the same one today. Come in and try it out and see how you do. And it's a very easy way to like with it, have a bit more intentionality to why you're going to play the game as opposed to just I'm bored. I'm going to go <laughs> play. The right. Game. Well, and and it's nice, too, because it's it's kind of bounded. Right. It's not like you're going to start playing, you know, Sudoku and play eight puzzles in a row mm-hmm. and suddenly an hour is gone. Right. Yeah. Like yeah, you're, exactly. you're you can you can drop in, do the daily challenge and and you know, feel like you enjoyed the game for the day and that's all you need. Yeah. How about uh, Tetris beat was the other new one. One of the other ones that was added. Did you, I didn't ever try this one out, but Tetris. Yeah. So I tried it briefly. Um, uh, my son has actually played it a little bit more than I have. Um, so there's, there's three uh, kind of different game modes. So one is um, the, the beat game mode where you have to, you're, you're playing pretty typical Tetris in terms of turning pieces and dropping them. Right. Mm -hmm. But you have to do the moves to the beat if you want to score bonuses. Um, however, what I found was that the gesture controls, at least on the phone are a little flaky. And that's kind of always been the case is that Tetris is a game I loved that just does not fit for touch controls. Mm -hmm. Um, they do support, uh, overlay controls. So I, I, I need to try that. And, uh, it looked like they support controllers. I'm also really curious what it works, how it, how it works on, uh, on the big screen, right. Um, in terms of with, with a, with a controller on the, on, on the Apple TV, um, there is a mode, there's another beat mode that's, um, uh, you, you tap to the beat, but the, the position of the, there's two positions of the piece that it'll go to like rotated. And, and, and so you're just having to decide, do I want it here or here? And then tap, tap tap to the beat um, oh, so that yeah. one i found was a little easier on touch uh, because then you're not trying to like swipe or tap to spin and i was finding those were getting misinterpreted so the wrong thing was happening and then there's a there's a classic tetris mode which is just rotate and drop the pieces no uh no on the beat bonus requirement um it's got some built-in music you know kind of generally uh like a dance type soundtrack uh to keep the beat going for the beat modes um, it gets a little repetitive. The loops are pretty short. So that was a, it was a downside. Um, I kind of wish, you know, they could do some sort of Apple music tie in where they could like BPM match yeah. any, any song in your, in your library to play against. Um, but yeah, I think this is one I'll, I'll come back to give it a little, give it a little more time. I mean, Tetris was, uh, I, we had the DOS version of Tetris way, <laughs> way, way back on, yeah. on the family PC and, you know, i mean i we just played that so much my dad and i would have high score contests you know yeah um yeah and that's funny it's um looking at the the specs even on it it's a single player mode only for apple tv which i feel like maybe again this is my family so every family is different but like having played uh tetris i forget which one it was on the switch there's like a funky tetris that tetris 99 
Uh, there's that one, but then there's another one that we played or Tetris like uh, actual game, like a uh, Puyo uh, Puyo Tetris. Yes, that's the one. I think we've even talked about it on the show here. Um, yes, which was fun with like two, three. I forgot how many people we played with. Um, you know, on one screen, and you can kind of see how each other's doing, and your game affects the other people, etc. Or or not. Um, and so that was that's a fun way to I feel like for the modern spin on Tetris beyond just like sitting with your Game Boy playing Tetris. Um, but I did notice they have spatial audio support for AirPod Pro and AirPod Max on the, on the phone. So <laughs> might be worth trying out just for that experience, I guess, just to have a surround sound Tetris experience. <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah. So I, I have a, I have a couple bits of, of homework to try uh, <laughs> uh, to report back for next episode on, on the Apple corner. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to uh, tabletop corner and then we'll be uh, on our way. Okay. Oh. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> What what game are we playing? <laughs> please, please do not play uh, tabletop games and drive. Uh, yeah, exactly. Just... <laughs> That's the one perk, one of the benefits Public. of tabletop. <laughs> it's yes. very hard to do. Um, so I imagine with your with your screen time, you've, you've you alluded to playing more board games. Uh, so what what are the sort of boarded card games, tabletop games that have been coming into the rotation? Yeah, I thought uh, you had mentioned here, and I forgot that we they had pulled this out. But Clue made a return, which like the, we have an old version of Clue that they they pl- pull out every so often. Um, I don't. It's not like a retro version. It actually is like an old version of of Clue, and so that one. I always find that one kind of like a, it's, it's funny now. Cause I think our kids have kind of figured out some shortcuts in terms of like recognizing when someone else is asking that you can probably mark certain things off and things like that. So the game actually goes fairly quick. It used to be a really long kind of like, Oh, I mm-hmm. rolled a one, I rolled a one, I rolled a one. You're kind of like making your way slowly around the board, trying to like figure it out. But, uh, we've played this time when we played, it definitely was going a little quicker. So, um, so that's one. And then Dutch Blitz actually is a game we were talking about before the show here that is really popular amongst friends up here. And I don't know how worldwide or how well known it is, but it's basically like a counting game, um, kind of like solitaire-esque. And I was just reading actually the the creator of it was someone who, he was an optometrist who thought the game would help his children easily learn about mm-hmm. colors and numbers because there's basically four colors and then cards up to 10 and you have to just build mm-hmm. piles up to 10 and you're trying to get rid of your pile and you're all kind of playing on a collective group of piles of one to 10 that you build up. And then the cards on the back have your, there's four different symbols and you just count up your points basically and and that's how you play the game more or less. So. Yeah, so I, I've never heard of Dutch Blitz, but the mechanics uh, sound very much like um, Flinch, uh, which mm. um, is a similar one where you know you have your pile that you're trying to empty out, and everyone's playing piles up to fifteen, um, and that that was one where my my family had an old set, and we've actually in the last year, I, I think since the pandemic started we got a a a new set uh just for for us um to play um yeah it's it's a fun one and and that's one that i grew up playing a lot um my parents also or or my family growing up we also had a copy of clue and uh i you know like you said the the downside of clue right is how long it takes to move between locations to actually get new clues but i always enjoyed my like complicated note note taking system that i developed where i'd like put an initial if you know my dad passed a card to my sister and i knew which cards were already somewhere but i didn't know that card so it had to be one of these and it couldn't have been one of the you're right like i I got i got too too into it uh 
Not sure if it actually helped me win, but it was fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're almost like Sudoku level note taking kind of yes, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That works. Logic puzzles. How about you with uh, tabletop stuff? What's been going on in your world? Yeah. So, um, you know, my, my son's been expressing more interest in some of the sort of uh, like quote unquote grown up uh, tabletop games that we've we've had in our collection for a long time. So, you know, he he'd learned Dominion a while back, uh, but, you know, I was basically like kind of guiding him through every turn. And now I think he's kind of starting to understand the strategy of it and like why you'd want certain combinations of cards in your deck. Um, you know, it's a deck building game, so that's that's where the where the strategy comes in. Um, you know, I still give him some advice or or suggestions here and there when he's not sure what to do on a turn. But uh, he's actually been able to build, uh, you know, what's called an engine deck and beat me a couple of times. Um, nice. So that, that's fun. He's kind of gr- graduating a little bit there. Um, and then uh, we've also been learning Race for the Galaxy, which is probably even more complicated than dominion just because there's so many different cards in play in a given game whereas dominion has many combinations of cards but there's only 10 decks of or 10 sets of cards out on any given uh round or any given game um so that's been fun too and i i think uh you know the that's one where there's all the weird symbols for like well if if the production phase is called and you have a blue world, then you draw a card for every good produce. You know, it's 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 one of those uh, German uh, or uh, Euro games, um, which which I love, but are definitely a a steep learning curve. So yeah, um, the the way we the way we did it, you know, kind of getting into the strategy yesterday, I think it was, is I kind of sorted the deck by the cards that work well together. Like so, you know, here's the here's the alien strategy and here's the military strategy and here's the, the production strategy. So he could kind of see like, well, if you have these cards, you're probably going to want to try to get these other cards and play them together. Cause you'll get more, more combo points. Um, so that's been, that's been where we, where we are with the, uh, with the tabletop. And, and I'm sure we have several days of tabletop coming up with, with vacation here before school starts. Yeah. Yeah, nice. That's and we're actually we're similar here with last week of school and then no screen time and then actually it's been rainy and kind of cold and so definitely the board game kind of option. Um, aside from we took a quick break, media break this morning to watch the Spider Man uh, No Way Home trailer as well as Eternals trailer, which we missed while we were gone. So a little bit of movie fun there for you. But um, and and then I forgot about Settlers of Catan also made made a comeback as well this, this oh, yeah. summer too. That's, just a, that's a hit. Perennial kind of classic that comes out and uh actually works really well camping too we brought it camping and played it as, as long as it's not too indie obviously or wherever you happen to be we have a we just take the the games out of the box it's kind of sacrilegious maybe for some folks but we take the games out of the box put them in a plastic bag kind of with you know um elastics and put it all together that way then it makes it much easier to bring along on a trip but uh um, ah, that's good that that's my wife's no travel edition required no exactly um but anyways, that's uh, that's probably enough. We're just approaching an hour, and mm. probably need to get back to work. It sounds like your phone's buzzing with excitement, thing, exciting things. Oh, actually, you know, you're on, well, you're on holidays. I, I, so maybe, <laughs> actually yeah, yeah. So today is my first day off, but uh, yeah, new new message uh, on Slack. Uh, oh yeah, seven notifications. So someone's ignoring my away <laughs> messages. I got to log out of everything and and tell yeah. them to go away. Yeah, because uh, exactly. I'm on vacation. <laughs> All uh, right. <laughs> so we'll let you get back I, to that. I'm very professional, but, uh, <laughs> you know, vacation is my time. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, you can find us on Twitter at 25C Arcade. If you'd like to reach us there, let's send your thoughts, comments, suggestions for future games and things we should check out if we're missing out on something. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to 25 Cents, our video game podcast. You can find me on Twitter at iChris. And you can find me on Twitter and almost everywhere else as Alternerd. That's N-U-R-D. And be sure to find 25 Cents wherever you listen to podcasts, uh, goodstuff.work, of course, and then our Patreon, goodstuff, or patreon.com slash goodstuff. Thanks. Bye. Bye.